Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the fan, going till 2 a.m. on this now Friday morning on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We're talking Yankees. We're talking Mets. Yankees with a big series win in Toronto. It is crazy to think that the Yankees are not going to see the Blue Jays until September 19th. Season will be over by then. September 19th, we'll be into week two in the NFL. Think about that. We're not going to see the Blue Jays until, right, I think week two. One, two, maybe week three. We might be in a week three in the NFL. That's the next time we're going to get to see Yankees Blue Jays. That stinks. Can we at least for a year go back to the old way? No Yankees raise until the end of July. And no Yankees Blue Jays until September. That is crazy to me. Jeff is calling from Huntington. What's up, Jeff? What's going on, Sal? How are you? Jeff, how are you? So this is my buddy Jeff, who used to be with News 12 on Long Island. And where are you now, Jeff? I'm up in Providence, Rhode Island now. Jeff Banton, of course. We we used to watch you all the time. My wife and I, my mother. So you're in Providence, Rhode Island. You're on ABC right now? Yeah, they're ABC affiliates. Good for you, Jeff. Look at you moving up in the world. Do you miss News 12? <laughs> you know, I do. Long Island is, uh, I, I'm, you know, first of all, Providence, it's a nice city, but it's its pretty small compared to Long Island. I mean, Long Island is a you know, jam-packed fishbowl, so it was hard to ever go out, you know, without people recognizing you and things like that. Granted, I have a kid now. I don't go out as much, so that's probably playing into it. But I've, I've been around town. I, I really haven't gotten the... Uh, you know, the New England love yet, so to speak. But so I do miss Long Island. Yeah. Well, I it's different in New it's different on Long Island, I'm assuming. News twelve, like even I watch New everybody on Long Island watches News Twelve. So you gotta be a uh what is it? Small fish, big pond, big fish. I don't know, whatever. But you're a Something fish like in the pond. Yeah, you're gonna get recognized. I mean, come on. You I was always jealous because I grew up watching News Twelve and watching Bob Wolf. I've never been on News Twelve before. Oh, man, I had the honor of meeting Bob Wolf towards the end of my internship there. Guy is just, you know, he walks around the building. And first of all, such a nice guy, such a consummate professional. But, like, he has this aura about him. And then you're like, you know in the back of your head, man, this guy called Don Larson's perfect game. Like, just walking history down the aisle, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. And now they have new studios over at News 12. Have you had the opportunity to check those out, or they don't even let you back in the building? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't leave on bad terms. Um, I've actually been uh, chatting with a couple of guys over there. They were like, next time you're in town, come come check out the new studios and, and this and that. And So, yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't be opposed to coming back one day if, if they'd have me. It would be, it you, would be nice. You, so you uprooted the family. I know last time I saw you at the uh, the Boomer and Geo. Was that last year or was that two years ago now, Jeff? That was two years ago. I was 21. Yeah, 21. So the Boomer and Geo boat party. 
that's where I met you for the first time. Obviously, I knew who you were before then. You and you've had a you have a young kid, uh, boy or girl? I forget, girl, right? Uh, uh, boy, boy, His name is oh, Luca. Oh, boy, a boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you've how old? Almost two. He's almost two now, and you know that that the the Boomer G of Boat Party was the last social thing that I did before my wife gave birth. In fact, I kind of had to, you know, call in a favor to even let me out of the house that day. I said, babe, I'll put in the car seat when I get back. Cause we've both been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll, I'll sleeve and I, you know, hot day. I'll, I'll put the car seat in if I can sneak out to the Boomerangio boat show. And she let me do it. And then two weeks later we had him and it just kicked off this crazy tumultuous, you know, you know, the, the deal. Awesome, but stressful. And I don't know how to be a dad yet. Uh, this, this crazy time period. So yeah, that was, that was my last, uh, my last, uh, uh, my last thing before I became a dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what it's like. Best thing ever. Worst thing ever. I know exactly what it's like. So then you uproot before you get to your point here and we'll get back to that in a second, but I, I want to catch up with my buddy, Jeff Fanson, formerly news 12, now a chief meteorologist with ABC six in new England. You uprooted the whole family, huh? Or Providence. Where are you exactly Providence or new England? Yeah, we're in Providence, which I mean, it's a, a story for another time. It's really interesting because we, I can still pick up the fan on AM up here, which is great. I don't, I, you know, I have the streaming apps, but like, it's, it's nice to not have to hit all the buttons and I could just turn the radio on. But of course, then on FM, I got the Boston guys and I get to kind of listen to the, to the, the, the two worlds kind of intersecting, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it's really nice Providence um, to be right near the water, to be closer to the beaches. It's a neat little spot. And we've really, it's, it's growing on us a lot. Obviously we miss New York, but yes, um, it, we uprooted the family and uh, you know, we said, Hey, listen, let's try something new. If we're going to do it, now is the time to do it before uh, our son gets a little bit older. And then once you start getting ready to go to grade school, you kind of want to say, all right, let's pick a spot and stick to it. And that's that. So this, it, w- it was a cool opportunity. You know, it would have, it would have left us asking more questions. Well, what if we did this, you know, if we didn't do it? Right. So we thought it was a good time to do it. Well, best of luck, Jeff, of course, too, and your family. That's awesome. Uh, happy for you and looking to staying in touch here. All right, what do you got for me sports-wise? You got something on your mind you want to get off your chest here? Well, I, I, I got a Yankees-Mets thing. I was just curious if you've watched either of the uh, Eastern Conference final series yet so far. Um, I, I know had... kind of the, the Knicks are done. That's it. You know, You don't really care. I, I have not. I did not watch uh, the NBA yet. Uh, although I had a little bit of it on, but when it's on, like I'm at work and it's on in the background, so I know about Jimmy Butler going nuts. And I actually right now, because the game is in double overtime, I pulled I, I pulled it up and put it on the iPad here. Panthers and Canes. But like, think about where we are. Where you had the Bruins, the Rangers, the Leafs, the Lightning, and we're left with the Panthers and Canes. Woof! It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And you know, think about that. It was a terrible. I mean, obviously up here, all the all the Bruins fans lamenting. You know, I get a first first hand uh, seat to that. But they had a bad matchup. Um, I don't know what happened. I mean, because even with a bad matchup, they should have won in you know seven games, six games. I thought. But to have that happen, that matchup, which could have very easily been Canes uh, Panthers and Bruins Islanders, which I don't think would have been a good matchup for the Islanders, which didn't really matter. But uh, to see how it all shook down and then you got two play-in teams in the Western Conference Finals, I, I feel like any sport nowadays, you just get to the dance and look where you can go. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, I check. Look, when the Knicks and Rangers got bounced, I, for the most part, it was over for me. I mean, I'll follow the results, but I'm not going to be locked in to to each of the series. Right. Well, but real quick, and I'll, I'll let you go, and I appreciate you uh, chatting with me a little bit here. But I just wanted to know, I mean, obviously the Mets seem to have sort of righted the ship after getting out of the blocks, stumbling out of the blocks. The Yankees are in, I mean, what can you say about the AL East? It's just just going to be a dogfight. I feel like these teams are all going to beat up on each other. I mean, the Rays are, they seem like they were in their own stratosphere, no pun intended. <laughs> Sorry for the weather joke. Um, but I mean, let's say both teams are healthy ish, health, you know, healthy to, you know, obviously when you, I feel like you're never going to get every single person healthy at one time with these teams, but let's say they're mostly healthy 
playing what we thought that they would. I'm curious as to who you think has a better shot, who has the brighter uh, outlook for the rest of the season, and were they to make the playoffs, who who do you like roster-wise for a playoff run? I think the Yankees. I think the Yankees are better, Jeff. I felt that way after the three games at the Trop, and I certainly felt that way after the four games here, even though of the seven, you know, the Rays were able to take um, four of those seven games. I still think the Yankees are better because they're not where they're going to be come postseason where you hope to have Stanton back, you hope to have Rodone back in that rotation. Plus, I know Brian Cashman is going to go out there, add to the bullpen. I, you know, Maybe Volpe gets a little bit better and stronger. I think the Yankees are a better team. So I think they're going to go further than the Rays this year. Mm. I right now, I'm convinced after the stretch, after watching the Yankees take on the Rays and the Blue Jays, that the Yankees are going to be the best team in the American League when all said and done. I, I was going to make a joke that even all the way up here in Providence, I, I was getting, you know, because I have a two-year-old and he goes through milk like water, and I saw Carlos Ordon on a, on a milk carton all the way up here. They got an APB out for him. What? what yeah, I, I haven't. Have you heard the latest on him? I don't even know what's yeah, going on he was with him. Th- he was throwing from 90 feet, I think, the other day. I, who, know, who the hell knows when he's going to get back, Jeff? Um, but I did hear that uh, he was throwing the, the baseball a little bit. He's got chronic back issues, which is a problem. But you hope that they could get him back uh, at some point. Before right. I let you go, Jeff, I just want to ask you because you know you're a meteorologist, right? So I'll get at times I'm out. So you know, people want to talk sports with me. You must get peppered with weather stuff. I mean, you even got it from me. We were going to Sesame Place a few weeks back. I'm hitting you up on Twitter. Hey, what's the weather going to be like? You helped me make a good decision. Saturday, I'm going to the Met game. It's supposed to be raining. Like, if you were on Long Island, I'd be hitting you up with that. I'm sure everywhere you go, you're getting asked about the weather. That's got to be annoying, no? Yeah, you know, it, it comes and goes in waves. I mean, there, there'll be times where I, I'll, I'll see a text message from someone I haven't heard of hurt from in like six months and I'll be like oh I know what this is about especially if, <laughs> if you know there's like a storm coming and it's just like oh boy I mean is this is this is this what it's going to be like the rest of my life um but you know you, you kind of accept it with the territory it, it's going to happen and I like to embrace it and I enjoy as much as I enjoy the science of weather and you know getting into this field back in the day I enjoyed delivering and helping people plan their Plants, it's just like what you have at Sesame Place. Like, I enjoy helping people do that, you know, because you look at your app. Apps are great, don't get me wrong, but they don't paint a full picture. You look, you'll see a little rain icon, and, you know, a lot of people cancel their plans, and then it's like, no, well, it's rain before 9 a.m., and then it's going to clear up and be beautiful. You didn't need to cancel. So I enjoy, I kind of take on that challenge, and listen, we made a decision together. I liked how we talked it out. You know, I like to lay all the variables out on the line and say, listen, if you're okay with this, uh, you know, acceptable amount of chance, you know, I, I say go for it. Far be it for me to say, like, no, cancel, or yes, right. have your backyard party. Like, here's the variables. This is, you know, lay it out on the line and let them make a decision with you, not you just make the decision for them. Right, exactly. You give the information. You were very helpful in that. And I'm glad to hear, Jeff that uh, you don't mind it because guess what? I'm going to be hitting you up then quite often when I have an issue with the game or anything like that. Thanks, Jeff. What Good about, what up, about Mr. Hammer? you got to spread the wealth around. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hammer, we can bother him as well. DM him. Thank you, Jeff. Good catching up, bro. Good, good to you talk too, to you. Sal. Take care, man. Jeff Bans- uh, Jeff Banson, of course, from uh, formerly of News 12 here on Long Island and, and now, like I said, Chief Meteorologist over at ABC6. Uh, in Rhode Island, so good to catch up with him a little bit. Isn't that – I'm sure they get bothered by it, right? Meteorologists, every time, oh, you work in weather? Oh, great, what's it going to be like next weekend? I want to have a house party. Or I'm going to the game, what's it going to be like? Hey, is it going to rain out uh, Saturday, or what are we looking at? Mets and Guardians. And ultimately, you have to understand they're not going to be 100% of the time anyway accurate. So you got to take the information and make what you can with it. You make your own decision. James is calling from Bergenfield, New Jersey. What's up, James? Hey, Sal, how are you? How are you, James? I'm doing good. I, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to let you know, I couldn't get to that watch party. I wanted to go so bad, but the, the traffic and everything, there was no way I was missing a second of the game on the TV, man. So I'm sorry I couldn't make it. Uh, no, I don't blame you. That's all right. We had, uh, it, w- it was a nice small crowd, but we enjoyed ourselves other than the actual game. But I appreciate you even thinking about coming down. Maybe we'll get it done next time. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, my next point that I wanted to get to, you know, obviously the game last night and today too as well was, you know, great and all that. But I just – I can't get behind this team until 
I have confidence Verlander's going to be okay, but I just can't get behind anything we're going to do, no matter who's in the batting order, until Verlander and Scherzer are pitching with that one-two lethal combination that we hope that they're going to be. Well, and that's what you expect to see this weekend, assuming that the weather holds up. They have Scherzer slotted for Saturday, Verlander for Sunday. They haven't had that all year, right? We thought we were going to see it in Detroit with both those guys, and the first time that we did see it, neither of them were very good. The Mets got swept in Detroit. You know, Then Scherzer was being pushed back a little bit. Now Verlander gets beat up in Tampa. Now maybe finally after a good start from Scherzer, Verlander due for a big bounce back in his second home start as a Met. Maybe we finally see it be put together this weekend against Cleveland, and now they could build from there. Definitely, and this Cleveland team has been really bad. I mean, if you look at uh, Rosario and Jimenez, I, I think they've missed some games too. You know, they're they're really underwhelming and everything. So I think it's a good time to, you know, to get them at home and everything. Hopefully, with the weather, I don't know how that's going to shake out, but you know, I just really hope that we can, you know, start building on some of this momentum. And I, I really don't appreciate these Mets fans that are calling for Buck and Billy Epler's job right now too. That's bothering me because. You know, I think we need another trade deadline because I feel it's going to be a big one coming up based on how the team's performed so far um, in July for Epler. And uh, I don't want to get rid of Buck. I'm just a Buck guy. I just Oh, I, it's idiotic. I, I mean, anybody that wants to get rid of Buck or Epler, James, and thank you for the call, it's idiotic. I don't care if it's a host who says it, if it's callers who say it, anybody that even insinuates it is a moron. Now, I'm not saying that that's not going to be the case eventually in – a year, two years, if the Mets struggle this year, let's say the Mets don't make the playoffs, then everybody's going to be on high alert next year. But if the Mets make the postseason this year, I mean, it's a ridiculous thought. It's a ridiculous thought right now coming off a 101-win season and we're halfway, we're not even halfway home here, we're halfway into May and the Mets are one game under five hundred. You want to fire people? Come on now. It's ridiculous. I don't even entertain the thought as a serious one. Oh, Epler, he stinks. He stinks, Epler. You can question his moves just like you can any general matter. Some guys are going to be, you know, there'll be some good moves, some bad moves in there. But what you can't question is the fact that this team won 101 games last year, second highest win total in the franchise's history. And you want the guys fired who were responsible for it last year, Billy Epler and Buck Showalter? Come on. It's foolish. That's just ignorant, stupid sports talk. I try not to get to that level of it. I mean, you always like to have fun, and it is sports ultimately, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but you got to be somewhat logical at times. Rip the moves now. You want to question Buck Showalter pinch hitting for Tommy Pham with Daniel Vogelback? Understood. You want to question some of the bullpen moves? Understood. You want to question Epler for the, you know, sticking with the same exact lineup coming in this year? Understood. You want to criticize him for Escobar, Canna? Also understood. Vogelback? Understood. But that doesn't mean that the guy doesn't know what he's doing or that they could get fired or should get fired. The only thing we know definitively about them right now is that they were the orchestrators of a 101-win season a year ago. That's it. That's the only thing that's on the record books. This year's not even halfway through. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code JERSEYFAN to score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code JERSEYFAN. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook New Jersey app in the App Store. Enter the promo code JERSEYFAN and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're talking Mets and Yankees on this now Friday morning on the fan, 
6666. Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? <clears throat> Good morning, Sal. My man, you been done? Good, Val. How are you? Good to hear from you. It's been a minute. I'm doing all right. I'm fine. Um, two points I wanted to make. Uh, one about the Mets, but just to get into it. You know, I heard the first point. I heard something the other day. I was taking a cab to get to work, right? And you would mm -hmm. not believe what I heard, Sal. And this is just a microcosm of how the world is right now. Nobody has time to wait to let things play it out. There were, it was some, the guy that I was taking a cab and the guy had on, uh, like one of these evening drive radio shows. And they were coming back from break. The girl was making a joke and she was asking how people felt about something. Do you believe that they actually are using artificial intelligence now? You know, like how people go on like speed dates and date screening and stuff like that. If you're using the online dating app and all that stuff like that. Right. They're actually trying to experiment with using artificial intelligence to represent, let's say you are part of, you know, somebody who's in that world. You're trying to, you have a profile on an online dating app. You can get an artificial intelligence version of yourself to speak to an artificial intelligent version of somebody that you're hoping to go out with just to save yourself the time of having a conversation to know if you actually match up with them or not. That's get the hell out of here. You mean like I'm that's saving the, the initial steps? Come on now. I'm dead serious. And when I heard it, I said, this is where the world has come to. Nobody has That's time the best part of dating. Uh, you know, I'll I'm tell serious. you about the 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 world has gotten into it really is and i know that i guess each generation would say the same thing like oh it's not the way that it used to be but it is really scary now where well, we are basically walking zombies or driving zombies too <laughs> everybody's looking at their phone nobody's living in the moment everybody's checking out social media or facebook or how many likes they got or how many followers they got texting all the time it really is a sad, disgusting state of affairs to where the majority of people are at right now with these damn devices that have taken us and held us hostage here. Well, understand what I'm telling you. You you got a guy saying, like, you know, get rid of uh, Buck, get rid of Epler. And we're like, dude, calm down, bro. We just started the season. But these people don't even have time to meet their prospective mate. Like, they don't even have five minutes to say, what's your name? They need uh, artificial intelligence to do that for them. That's where the world is. So that's why you get these sped-up timetables, man. Everything is on, like, ultra-hyper-speed. <laughs> but um, to get to my other point, though, and that stuff that you were talking about with the Mets, um, I totally hear what you're saying, and I think people are not looking at it the, 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 from the best perspective. Because I honestly believe, and you know I'm a Yankee fan, so I don't get into that. And I, I think making the comparison of Opie is different because it actually shows where their argument is wrong. If they, if you guys had the same kind of circumstances with the rest of the team doing what they had to do, it wouldn't be an issue about bringing up rookies and stuff like that. But Opie came into a situation where there are other guys that need to do what they're doing, and he's just a byproduct or a bystander as far as what's going on. Now, he's trying to have impact, and that's giving him time to do that. But with the Mets, I have a feeling if they were actually over 500, and you were still getting the kind of uh, individual problems that you were having with somebody like, let's say, an Escobar, a Vogelbach, um, and the other guys that people call up and talk about all the time. I don't know that Epler would have that much of a hesitation to bring up those young guys, you know, because they'd have been covered for them on the, in the lineup. To bring them up now, regardless, and everybody keeps saying, you know, like somebody called a little while ago and said, well, nobody's asking them to be saviors. We just want production. But that savior thing is implied if you bring them into a situation like this. If they well, come see, in, right, that's exactly right. Fans aren't calling up, begging for these guys, and it's been one after the other. Beatty, Alvarez, then Vientos. Now it's Mauricio. Fans aren't doing that just to see them get worked in a lineup. They're doing it because they believe that these guys can be saviors for the team, which is just not realistic expectations. Not good for anybody. Not for the fans' expectations. Certainly not for the player individually who's going to have to live up to some unreal, uh, unrealistic expectation. And I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think that's where the hesitation comes from. Let's say, like, you know, as a matter of fact, if that's really what you want, you got to hope that right now these two games that, like, you know, you guys just went through and people are starting to feel like maybe the, the tide is turning, you got to hope you go on a nice little run and you actually establish yourself again, get your feet under you, and everything is, is back to where you expect it to be. Not that, you know, you're world beaters as of yet, but you're on that strike to get it back there. Then you can start talking about bringing them kids up because then they can come in and just kind of, you know, Plug and play. Fall into place. Get your time to, like, look around and see what's happening. But you can't bring them up when you're – what are you guys? Are you guys still three under 500, or has that changed no, now? They're a game under 500, the Mets. Right. So you got to let that let, – like, get back over 500. You know what I'm saying? Get a little closer to Atlanta. Get it to the point where 
the things that have been spoken about, you know, recently are not that much of a, uh, a news issue. Where like, you know, you, the team is moving along, and we're just trying to improve or add to this. Not like make a big, big impact move that's going to change the fate well, of our. Well, think about this, Val. Th- think about this, and thank you for the call. As always, Val, good to hear from you. Appreciate you checking in. You cannot on the highest payroll, and, and I hate to get caught up with the with the finances because I generally don't care about that stuff. It doesn't matter, right? We've seen that be proven time and time again. However, with the highest payroll in the history of the sport, you cannot be clamoring and expecting four rookies to be the difference on the team. That means things have gone horrifically wrong. Beatty. Alvarez, Vientos, and Mauricio's the next one. Four out of eight spots. Or I mean, like you want to throw in DH and say nine spots, fine, but I'm talking about in the field as well. The you can't have the rookies being that big of a contributor on this team. Now, maybe they need it because of the way that these guys are performing, but that means that things have gone terribly wrong. And that's the point. If Francisco Lindor was hitting, then we wouldn't be clamoring as much. You know, even dating back to last year, the reason why people were asking for Alvarez last year or Beatty last year, because the same thing was happening. They were getting zero production from catching. They were getting zero production from third base. And then eventually it was about Vientos again because they were getting zero production from DH. Sound familiar? So what's the difference? If the Mets a year ago who won 101 games, weren't getting production from third base catcher or DH and got minimal production from left field, what's then the difference? The difference, at least offensively, Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, Marte. And obviously Alonzo's got the power numbers leading the league with 16 homers, but he's hitting 234. Alonzo's hitting what, 260, 250 last year? Marte was an all-star. He's been a zero this year. Lindor's hitting 225. He's done basically nothing this year. So that's the difference in the lineup. And obviously the biggest difference has been in that starting rotation. Jose is calling from Connecticut. What's up, Jose? How are you, Sal? How are you, Jose? Good. First time calling with you, long-time listener. I I was always speaking with uh, the Moose. I miss him so much, but now I have you and everybody else. Well, we so, appreciate that, and I, I miss the Moose, too. Actually, I got to call Moose. I haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, please. Salon Jose. Hello. From Brooklyn, I just moved to Connecticut. <laughs> so I, I have a question. Uh, I have an answer for Hicks. But before I get to Hicks, I just want to say real quick, because the guy that is mentioned about privacy and the world we live in, because this is a different millennium. This is a world of we have to claim what is ours, and we have our rights, you know? Like, if we don't read the Constitution and see our rights and the Bill of Rights and other things, they are going to take everything from us with our eyes open. We have to wake up and study because the things that are, are ours and you can, you can possess it, you can put well, it... Wait, wait, uh, hold know, on a second. What, what are you talking okay, about? I'm sorry. Well, what uh-huh. are you even talking about? You're not, you're, we're, okay. we're not talking about No, sports, I'm referring right? to the gentleman uh-huh. that said that when you come to dating... <clears throat> that they're using, oh, yeah, uh, we were talking about AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, sorry. Not... Yeah. No. yeah. See, I'm in study. So, like, we have rights, you know. We all have rights. Like, for instance, if I call uh, the bank and they say, oh, we're going to record your call. But if you have the right to record them as well, but they say, oh, you can record them. Yes, you can. Because you have well, your rights. We no, all have. <laughs> but, Jose, that's a totally different thing that, you, that you're talking about, I think, that I don't really yeah. want to get into. No, no, I don't, I don't want to get into it too much either. Okay. It's just that I'm just want to get the audience aware that we still got to read our rights, our constitution, and know and possess and control your rights. Because if we don't, nowadays, like for instance, if you go to Jose, city, Jose, I, I told you I don't want to get into it, and you continued to get into it. I wanted to talk about sports with you. I don't even know what you're talking about with the rights. Like, you went on, I was confused, I let you go, then I stopped you, and then again I said, I don't want to talk about this, and you said, okay, I understand, but then you proceeded to talk about it again. I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry, please get back to us. 
but don't talk about whatever the hell it is that you're talking about with the rights and this and that. I don't want to get into that. This is a sports talk show. What we were talking about before with Val in Brooklyn was something about AI people dating. Whatever, that's totally different. I don't know where you're getting into the right stuff and all this. Like, I'm not getting into that stuff. Let's let's stick to sports. I'll be the one who goes off topic to entertain, and then you could jump in on that. You guys stick to the sports, all right? It shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, I appreciate you trying to give a a, a public service announcement, but after you said it and I told you to stop, you said it again. So that's why I hung up on you. Apologize for having to do it, for having to do that, but I want to just talk sports here. Jack is calling from the Upper West Side. Jack, how you been? Uh, I'm good, Sal. I'm much better now that I got through to you, and um, you know I'm thrilled. I'm going to ring a bell, um, and I'm going to talk sports. <laughs> um, Please talk about my Mets. Um, but one one thing I've been wanting to tell you for a long time. You know, I. I, I Part of the way I got in the situation was wanting to pay tribute to you, um, going back to your anniversary. Um, and I just want to say that, um, you know, it's, it, I wanted to congratulate you because you, you're the epitome of what the station has always been about. Um, and you expressed that with, you know, when you made that special sign to put a sign back up for Mike Francesa. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's ever been perfect on this station, not Mike, not Dog, nobody. But, um, you know, Mike and Dog uh, made 1 p.m. must-listen radio after every big game, and you carry on that tradition. And even more importantly, you have built this amazing community of listeners, callers, and you, you haven't forgotten where you came from. Those parties you have with, at the stadiums and at bars to watch with your callers, uh, you are the best of what the station represents. And I desperately wanted to tell you congratulations on your 20th anniversary. So that, that you know, that's, get that off my chest. <laughs> well, thank you, Jack. I appreciate the kind words. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. But no, I, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, Jack. Well, you, you, you know I'm a fan of yours. And, and, and I, uh, I never forget when you actually got to have Mike on WOR, the rapport. Um, uh, you represent the best of the station. And so, um, and, and all the other things that are burgeoning. When I, when I saw Terry Collins bought you that suit. Uh, with your monogram inside, I said, man, this guy's living the dream. So keep living the dream, <laughs> It is That is pretty wild to think about it, that i become friendly with Terry Collins, hanging out with him. He took care of me, got me a suit. He has been a great guy. And you know, it, awesome. even just invaluable stuff with, with life advice and things like that. So it's fun. But I appreciate that, Jack. Thank you. Yeah, the best. I, um, know, I, I know I've been fortunate. So thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, God bless and keep it up. On, on our Mets, um, you know, obviously, uh, tremendous, tremendous win last night. Um, you know, I, I was thinking my friend Hector could hear me from the stadium. Um, uh, and, and I told him that there was nobody who deserved to be in that ballpark more than that guy does for how he bleeds this team. So I was so happy he was there for that moment. Um, you know, um, I, I don't know. I've been on a lot, so I don't want to go on about it. I just wanted to get through to you. But um, a couple quick net thoughts. I really profoundly believe that, you know, with all the things that have gone wrong, I do believe that McNeil has to be in the lineup in the two or three hole. I'd, I'd put him, you know, in the, th- in the two hole against lefties because he's a single sitter against lefties and the three hole against righties. He's got to get four or five at bats with Nimmo every night. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I just wouldn't budge on that. Um, uh, and the other thing is, uh, obviously, this, the rotation seems to stabilize. Um, you know, we, we have some deadwood in the bullpen, some guys who are, you know, three, uh, you know, we know who they are, who don't belong. Um, hopefully we can straighten that out. The back end, I think it's been good enough. Um, but, um, I want to ask you, have you heard anything about Sanchez? Cause the deadline for his opt out is tomorrow. Yeah, he, he's I was coming wondering, up. I was it, wondering if, it's tomorrow. And I was wondering if the reason they had the lineup, I wasn't happy with the lineup today either, either, but, um, I was wondering if they wanted to take one last look at all those veterans to figure out, you know, they got a tough decision if they decide they want to keep, keep Gary. Maybe they can talk him into staying in the minors for another week or two. But no, he is here. He's, they already made the call up, Jack, and thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. I know it's been a while, but I appreciate the kind words, and, and thank you for listening, and thank you for taking the time 
to reach out. Gary Sanchez has been called up, so he will be on the team later on today. Will he be in the lineup? I have no idea. What exactly is their plan for him? I have no idea. Is he going to be the backup catcher? Are they going to get him some at-bats at DH? I mean, are they going to? I would assume the corresponding move is going to be Michael Perez. You send him down, and you have Gary being the backup catcher and can also DH at times. But then what does that mean for Pham um, and for Canna? You're going to see a lot less of them. Basically, the Mets lineup has to, it, it cannot feature both Canna and Pham in it, nor should it feature one of those guys and Escobar and Vogelback in it. That's where you have an issue, where it's Vogelback, Escobar, and Canna or Pham. So I think they're trying to limit from those three or four to where maybe it's one of those guys in there. And then they could have, you know, remember, you could move McNeil to left and have McNeil and Nemo and Marte and then have, well, that's, I guess, the, the that's why Escobar's been playing second base. You know, maybe, hey, look, maybe that is paving the way eventually for Ronnie Mauricio to come up and play second base and have, you know, because the idea was initially move Mauricio to left field. Maybe they do have Mauricio come up and play second base. Right now they have Escobar doing that with Buck was trying to get him going because they got to get one of these guys going. But anyway, with Fam. Canna, Vogelback, you'd have the guys out of the lineup in that particular case. Maybe you get uh, Vientos in at DH, but the problem is Beatty's a third baseman, Vientos a third baseman, Vientos could play first along with Alonzo, so you're not going to have Beatty, Alonzo, Vientos, and Gary Sanchez in the same lineup. That cannot happen. So we got to figure out how the Mets are going to work this out here, but you'd want to see Alvarez, Vientos, and Beatty as often as possible. And you want to see Escobar, Canna, Pham, and Vogelback as less as possible. As least as possible? The least possible you want to see them. I'd rather see the other guys than Canna, Vogelback, Escobar, Pham. That's where the Mets have like four or five guys that are just dead wood not to mention the backup catcher. So again, Gary's probably going to be a hybrid between backup catcher and DH. Now, how effective is he going to be? Who knows? I don't think Gary Sanchez is going to be on the team when Tomas Nito comes back. And it's not even just Tomas Nito. Omar Narvaez is not too far behind. So you have two guys coming back that they like Nito defensively. And I don't think Alvarez is going anywhere. I mean, Alvarez has got to be here. They can't send him down now. So when Narvaez comes back, who's going to be the odd man out? Obviously, Gary Sanchez, but what about Tomas Nito? That's why I don't think you're going to see Gary Sanchez in the next, by the Yankee series. I think by June 12th, you're not going to see Gary Sanchez. That gives three weeks. And the biggest reason why they're not going to see Sanchez, because I don't think he's any good. He's not going to produce. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal, we got it back on the fan. 877-337-6666. And I've said this plenty of times before as I still watch this game here, the Panthers and Canes. Third overtime, 844 to go. 
you know, I know people get nuts about this stuff, and even me, like, I have it on. Do I care about the results of this? No. I mean, I'd rather the Hurricanes lose because I hate them. But and not that I'm a, a Panthers backer anyway. I don't like either of these two teams, and I really couldn't care less who wins. But I'd rather just the pain be felt from the Hurricanes fans. Anyway, the hockey playoffs that go to these ridiculous overtimes, and I was at one last year, Game 1, Rangers-Penguins, it's too much, and it happens all the time. Like That's, to me, what takes away from the greatness of it. People flip out, oh, an overtime playoff game. Yeah, every game it feels like goes into overtime. Oh, a double overtime playoff game. Yeah, it, it feels like it happens all the time. Like A third overtime, it's not that big of a deal to me in the NHL's postseason because it feels like it happens more often than it should. And honestly, like, just end it already. The game goes on for too long. By the time you get into the third period, you're long beyond quality play. And then you got the poor fans that were just showing shots of the kids sitting in the stands. They're like, you you could see it on their face like, Daddy, Mommy, let's get the hell out of here. Like, I love the game. I love my team. I really don't care. I want to go to bed. Like, that's the point that you're at. Nobody in, not not a person in that building right now. Where are they, in Carolina? I don't even know. Not a person in that building right now wants to be there. No one. Not the broadcasters, not the players, not the fans. Nobody wants to be there. Everybody wants that game to be over with. And yet we sit here and are like, oh, isn't it great a third overtime? No, it's not. Ended in regulation or one overtime. Three overtimes, and this thing might be going to a fourth with 648 to go tied at two. I always thought that that's so overrated in the NHL. The triple overtime, wow, playoff game. Mo is calling from Kensington. Mo, what's going on? Yeah, how's it going, Sal? Great show. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Mo. <laughs> I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to touch on the on the Mets. I mean, they they had two great games. Yes, last night and two nights ago. Fantastic. Maybe they'll get some turnaround. But then, then they ruined it by bringing up this Gary Sanchez guy. What are they doing? Like, do they plan on putting – what do they bring him up for? His bat? He can't hit. His, his glove? Yeah. He can't can't block balls, this guy? Yeah. No, I, uh, I I agree with that. I don't – look, I think he's just a better option than what they have right now with Michael Perez. Maybe he's a better option, they feel, at DH on certain days than some guys. But I, you, you can't have any expectations for Gary Sanchez. They're going to give him a look. They're going to give him a try, just like fans call and complain. They've got to do something. they got to bring this guy. Well, why not go sign somebody? Well, they did. Barry, uh, Billy Epler signed uh, Gary Sanchez, and he, you know they're going to call him up, and they're going to see. They're going to give him a little bit of a run here, I would think, with the big club, maybe a week, maybe two. It's not going to last beyond that. There's a reason why Sanchez has basically been out of the major leagues here. He did nothing last year with Minnesota, uh, no, nothing in the minors. I, I don't. I can't expect Gary Sanchez is going to give you anything. I don't know. You think they're going to put Marte on the IL? I mean, that guy's been looking like a carcass, and he he just got hit today. You know, maybe they'll put him on the IL, let him rest, figure something out. I don't know. What do you? I think? don't think so. I I think the Mets mo. Uh, I don't. I think it's going to be Perez. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be Starling Marte. And thank you for the call. The Mets need outfield help, and they need middle infield help. If they're gonna. Uh, they don't need middle infield help, but if they move Jeff McNeil to one of the corner outfield spots, to, you know, to, to either play left field or to replace Marte for an extended period, who's playing second base then? See, that's the issue where Vientos can't do that. Beatty's a third baseman, so is Vientos. Alonso's a first baseman, so is Vientos. And I want to see him get run at DH. But if Viento's getting run at DH and Alvarez is catching, well, then where's Gary Sanchez going to play? You see what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to be able to get all these new guys in the lineup at once. One of the crappy players, or one of the guys who's been performing at a crappy level, I should say, he's going to have to play. Mike is on Long Island. What's up, Mike? Hey, Sal. I'm just calling more or less in response to a, a caller a few calls back that was talking about defending Buck and, uh, and Epler. In, in particular, you were hitting the nail on the head with how the lineup has to be balanced. I agree with you 100%. But it's frustrating as a fan seeing Vientos sit a day after he has 
a game like he did in the 8-7 win. I feel like Buck is very abrasive to playing these newer guys. And being a fan, you don't want to see Vogelbach in any more at-bats. Escobar, we know what he is. Mark Hanna, great effort, poor results. How many times are we going to re- run Giormes out there and Darren Ross from last year and Naquins before we actually give these guys a talent, you know, these prospects a shot and stop being fed by Buck and Epler and all these guys that we got to take a pass of matriculation when in the NL East for the last decade, we've been having prospect success rubbed in our face. Most notably, Michael comes up with the Braves at like 20 years old and he's in the center of their lineup on a significant playoff run and we're being given 30 at-bats at the end of the year with some of our prospects. It's frustrating. I don't agree with it. I've seen enough of these guys that we see in the lineup every day and a 220 hitter. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see it anymore. I want to see these kids come up and play. Even if they're playing out of position, I'll live with handicapped defense. All right. But this how would you have, that's fine, Mike, but how would you have the lineup then? Because you can't get everybody so, in. So you'd have, you'd have Beatty a third, Alvarez catching. And again, we know there's not going to be literally every day, but the majority of time. Yeah. You'd have Beatty third, Alvarez catch, Vientos DH. Yes. And I also think right? give Pete, yeah, to give Pete longevity, we saw last year Pete and Lindor played over 160 games apiece. And towards the end of September, I mean, Lindor alluded to it, they were kind of spent. I don't think having Pete DH is any great travesty for the Mets because Pete's, Pete's a classic. He's an yeah, that, No, that's player. fine. Yeah, that, that's fine. You have the no. DH on occasion. No big deal. Same thing. You want to give Beatty a, a day off against a tough lefty or rest or whatever. 100%. Vientos could, Vientos could play third. And then yeah. you want to give Pete a day off his feet, let him go DH. You have Vientos playing first. I'm fine with that. And yeah. you still, though, have an issue at either left field or second base. And then you still have an issue with Marte and Lindor. Like, we're trying to clean up the Mets lineup, right? And we also don't know what Vientos is going to be. We saw one game. You know, you don't know what's going to happen with Alvarez and Beatty. But at least you get young guys there with potential. And it's not the old guys that look like they, they might be done. But we're trying to clean it up best you can. You're still then... You still then have the issue, like I said, with Marte, with Lindor, uh, and, and you got to figure out either left field or second base, whichever one Jeff McNeil is not playing. Yeah, I feel like, unfortunately, with, with Jeff McNeil, um, you're going to have to move him out of the infield, and you can live with him in a left field spot because his, his bat is phenomenal. This guy's a batting title champ. But his bat doesn't play into what the Mets need right now. They need they need an abundant they need power, power, right? They're, All right. So, so let me ask more. you then. So, so here's what it comes down to. So we've cleaned it up. We're getting somewhere here, Mike. We've cleaned it up to the point where we you, you know who's going to be a third. It's Beatty. You know who's going to be the DH. It's Vientos. You know who's going to catch. It's Alvarez. Who then? Right. What would you rather have? Would you rather have McNeil in left and Escobar at second, or I mean, I guess you could throw Guillaume in there. So McNeil in left. Escobar or Guillaume at second, or McNeil at second, and Canna or Pham in left field. That's what you're looking at. So so to kind of juxtapose my position with the prospects, I would like to see Mauricio given a shot at second base just to see what we have. If this season ends up an 88-74 and 74 season, and they're 13 wins down from last year, but we get real prospect development, and we have, let's say, another sputtering first-round exit. I could live with the progress of this year as opposed to what I felt was a very hollow 101-win season last year because there wasn't real tangible prospect development. If you look at any major league club, they have a, almost like this perfect balance of seasoned, seasoned veterans and up-and-coming guys still within their arbitration years that are looking to just play baseball seven days a week, 24 hours a day. The Mets were very veteran heavy last year, and I felt like anything. I mean, I'm getting old. I'm going to be 35. I can't do some of the things I was doing at 25 or 21. I'm sure these athletes, they're normal guys as well. This season is grueling, and you need some of these young, dumb kids to come up that have no idea, hey, I shouldn't go diving into the wall in the second inning for a, you know, a pop-up. You need almost this naivety, this this eagerness yeah, that or, the young guys or just, bring. Right, or just guys that are hungry to prove themselves. And thank you for the call, Mike. Good stuff. Glad we were able to you know flush that out a little bit. I 
I, I don't hate the idea, even though I don't believe you should be relying on all these rookies to contribute. It fits, and maybe they are starting to pave the way, as you've seen now, Buck. Now, look, it still has – Marte's still going to be there. That's a problem. Lindor's still going to be there. That's a problem. However, if you move McNeil to left, that puts Pham and Canna on the bench. And if you bring up Mauricio, that puts Escobar on the bench or off the team. You can choose then – so now we're starting to trim the fat a little bit and cut the dead weight. You bring up Mauricio, have him play second base. Then you make a decision. Do you want Escobar or Guillaume to be your backup infielder? I don't care which one they pick. Pick one. I'd probably lean Escobar just because I like the veteran, the clubhouse stuff, but maybe his productivity, maybe it's Guillaume. Anyway, doesn't matter. And then, I don't know, roster spot-wise, Vogelback, Fam, or Canna, but hopefully you can pick one of those guys and keep them and get rid of the other two. Now you're starting to clean up a little bit. Now you're trimming the fat. And maybe Mauricio is the answer. You know, I said it a year ago, if they're not going to trade these guys at the deadline, then they better be here. It's disappointing that it's May 19th and we're talking about bringing all these guys up already. I think that means things have gone significantly wrong for this team. Buck basically said the same thing before Alvarez came up. Remember, they said, oh, when do you want to see him? He's like, hopefully not uh, until September call-ups, because otherwise things went wrong. Well, guess what? Things gone wrong. Things have gone wrong. So now you have to bring up these guys. But maybe their best lineup right now would be Nimmo in center. Not in any particular batting order. I'm just going around the outfield and then the infield. Nimmo in center, Marte in right, McNeil in left, Alonzo at first, Mauricio at second, Lindor, Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos DH. That's a lineup that I guarantee you no Met fans would complain about for at least a week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 